Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Selwyn. You may remember me as a host from ESPN, Attack of the Show, or even Immortalized, that competitive taxidermy show on AMC. We lasted one episode. Anyway, three times a week, I'm bringing you the realest fake news of the day. It's the Saturday Night Live News Desk, but in an audible format. Listen to the Audio Up News Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. Don't talk when I'm talking. Just results. Mr. Jackson, you are the father. <laughs> Live it, own it, be it. You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's Paternity Court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Dream Hotel in Hollywood, California, this is Lips LA on Dash Radio. Hey guys, you're listening to Scott Lips. This is Lips LA Radio coming to you live from the Dash Radio studio. So I'm super excited to have Albert Hammond Jr. come in today. I don't want to make the mistake of calling Albert Hammond because his dad was also a famous musician and he corrected me on his Instagram today. So Albert Hammond, super pivotal and instrumental fin- figure of uh, the Strokes, which I actually think the Strokes were the most important rock band to come out of New York in the last 20 years. And I actually challenge you to find me another band to come out of New York in the last 20 years. Rock band, that's been more important. We've got the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. We've got LCD Sound System. But for rock and roll, for me, the Strokes were the most important band to come out of New York. So super excited to have him on the show today. We're old buddies. We've um, done a little bit of collaborating with things here and there. Uh, he's super talented. The, the music for me is very reminiscent of the Strokes, too. But um, it's his own thing, too. He puts his own flavor in it. So we're going to get into today. I'm excited to have him on the show. We've been speaking for a while to get him on here. We're going to play a little bit of Stroke stuff. We're going to play some Albert Hammond Jr. stuff and talk about his whole existence. So check it out. I'm excited for it. And uh, yeah, coming up in just a few moments, you have Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes. Hello, this is Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes, and you're listening to Scott Lips on Lips LA. Hey, guys, we're here with Albert Hammond Jr., um, friend Hello. of mine and an all-around great guy and uh, who needs no introduction because I gave a little introduction right before you came here. <laughs> um, but we're friends. I'm super psyched to have you here, bro. I mean, I, there's so much to talk about. I don't know how long we have. But, you know, 
everything from your solo career to the strokes to your life to being on the road to shit that people don't know about you because that's actually what really is super interesting to me i want to know from the beginning i mean i know that you went to school in switzerland and i know that's kind of how you I met to go that far back i kind of started <laughs> from the beginning i mean your dad was a singer right that's yes. kind of i went i actually it's funny because i don't know if you saw but i was at the store today i was at amoeba music and i checked out your album and then i saw your dad's record so oh, cool you kind of had the same look a little bit right you well yeah like, he's my father yeah I but mean. i mean like, the same hair you have like the same like hairstyle right um but, yeah, yeah, in some ways, yeah, for sure. Me and my dad do not have the same hairstyle. So no. he looks like Robert Duvall or something. But um, <laughs> but anyway, you grew up, obviously you grew up, you know, obviously your dad was a singer. Your mom was a model that I read, which I didn't know. And yes. like a beauty pageant winner too, I think, or something, right? I don't know if they had beauty pageants in Argentina, but it was just a, she was model. a model. Yeah. Which is cool because yeah. your connection to fashion, because you have such a strong <laughs> connection to fashion. But that might be where it started, right? Because I feel yeah, like... I mean, you never know, though, when you're when you're born which way you're gonna lean towards things you know i mean yeah. i kind of dressed myself whether it was good or bad since i was very young i was very picky so so you always had this fashion sensibility because i think when I you're born into a family like that it happens yeah i mean i don't know it, it always sounds so weird to think of it being fashion sensibility but uh i always liked i always had some purpose for dressing myself i guess besides not being naked on the street you you were picking out your clothes at a young age. I'm like this suit. This suit looks good. I'm only five, but I'm rocking this suit. I was definitely not picking out a suit. No, you overalls. Were, you were also you were also like a champion roller skater, which I, I was think, in I my in my division. Yeah, I um from nine nine ten and eleven, I uh, I roller skated in my division from <laughs> like figure skating and ice skating, um, just like that, and with a partner. And then they had these. The more boring one was just following these lines. They would have this infinity symbol, and you would do turns on it and try to stay on the line. There's got that's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Right? I'm sure, but I don't know. I didn't I mean, Google it, but I'm sure it is. I'd like to see that. I don't. I feel like it was before before all that stuff. Probably it was way way before that. I mean, somewhere out. There, my mom must have a VHS of one of them. Yeah, I remember VHS. Yeah. So, so, so it was actually a, a VHS like big recorder. <laughs> right. So take us back. So you go. So obviously you were into sports as a kid. You always had a cool, uh, you know. You, I think sensibility and style and all that rhythm. It's all stuff that you're. I think you're sort of innately born with some of that stuff. And then ultimately you went to school in Switzerland, and that's where you met Julian, right? That's kind of how you yeah. guys connected. I, I yeah, that's definitely how Julian how Casablancas how, how we met. Um, it was such a random year. I was thirteen. Dad had dinner with someone who had gone there or something, and I think he lived vicariously through me, which I can imagine now that I'm older, I could understand it better. Uh, he didn't really go to high school or grow up with much, so the idea of like me going to this school in Switzerland and learning how to ski and just being away, probably Did, he wanted to do it. You oh, know? you went there to ski? Was that because I didn't no, know? No, I mean, they had ski. I just yeah. mean like... There was he was just very excited when he approached me about this. Yeah. He's like, it's like college, but you know, thirteen, and I was like, okay, <laughs> right. let's do it. I'm going to Switzerland, and and I went, and it was it was fun. I definitely like learned into you know a, a certain independence, um, and uh, yeah, and I met Julian. It was pretty easy to. It's only so many Americans, so you just it was three of us. I think it was me, Julian, and this guy in my grade named Alex. And we should say we're talking about Julian Casablanca as the yes. singer of the stroke. So it's funny. So and and you guys connected there at thirteen. I mean, and you wouldn't. This band has been. Well, he was fifteen. I was thirteen. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the band now has been together for almost twenty years, I believe. It's almost. Yeah, I mean, years. I guess we 
we kind of formed and became the group as us five in 98 that's when i moved to new york so was that your first band or was there another band before that um full band yeah wow that's so cool that you end up you're still in that band and obviously with the solo career it's doing great too so so yeah and a lot of people don't even know there's such a because i always say you guys were one of the first bands really in my opinion in new york to really have this incredible fashion sensibility and and merge rock with what was going on you had this style i didn't really see a lot of bands like wearing suits and doing cool stuff i mean i don't know there was something that image wise that attracted to me what you guys were doing early on and oddly enough i'm in music and also in fashion so it's, it's been true. it was really cool i mean i remember you i think you guys were playing like maybe don hills when you first started or like yeah back we played don hills a bunch of times yeah. yeah and from what i recall it was like kate moss and all these like supermodels no not and, there no no but, did, but you used to have a lot of like fashion people come see you You were definitely like no all the early shows were like it wasn't until we did the residency at mercury lounge where it, it grew um so take us back but you, it wasn't you, like those, those people didn't show up till we went till we got crazy press in england okay because you kind of you and it wasn't on the first tour it was like on the on the second one which was pretty soon and that people were just talking so much that you know just you know people people other famous people in music or in fashion or in movies would show up yeah, it's funny because because you guys actually did this. That you kind of moved to London when you first became a band after one or two records, right? And, and the buzz. No, no, we didn't move to London. Or you you spent some time there, now, didn't you? Spend some time there early on because I feel like the buzz really started. I mean, we went to tour there, but it wasn't like uh, you didn't spend any significant time there. No. Okay, because I no. feel like NME really picked up on the band and helped sort of propel. There was that well, buzz yeah. coming from London that I just remember that. So I feel there like was yeah. Well, there was just a lot of. A lot of press. I mean, I guess that's what a buzz is, right? It's just an extreme amount of press. Yeah, yeah. But how did that take me back to how that started, right? Because you got you put out your first record. You're starting to tour. It was before the record, actually. We we um, we had an EP that we made, and Ryan Gentles, who manages us, sent it to Jeff Travis during the residency of in like the November December time in, in New York. And he was like, oh, I love it. Bring him over. We were a little wary. And then we went over to England in January for like this small tour. And, um, you know, tiny places, like 100 people. And just, it just a buzz started creating. You know, it didn't, it almost didn't seem real because, you know, it's in a, you're not selling these kind of shows in New York where you live and right. all of a sudden you're in, in England and everyone's like asking you questions and you, it's just kind of funny. But the truth is also you guys had the full package, right? You have the full package. So you have the looks, you have the songs, you I have mean, the style. I feel like you don't, if you're in a, if you're, if you're in a band, I don't know if you see it or if you're thinking about it like that. I definitely, us five together definitely felt cool yeah there's a chemistry there you know. and i hadn't seen that chemistry with very many bands i think when i was funny because i was talking a little bit about the history of the band before you came in and i want to get into your solo stuff too but very few bands to me had the impact that you guys had in the last 20 years in new york i mean obviously there's a yeah 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 there's lcd sound system but sure. there was a there's a chemistry i mean it's so rare now because now these days it's like rock and roll is in a strange place right and you know kids have like soundcloud and they have a computer and next thing you know they're I don't know, they're selling X amount of records. But this is back when you had to practice. You had to write songs. You had to start. I was talking about. I, I still think you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But I was talking about like flyering the other day with Brandon Boyd from Incubus, who I know you t- you toured with. Yes, I, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, flyers were a big thing. That was, a, that was actually a big thing in the beginning in New York. The idea was to always show up at 
certain bars that we would hang out in, always together. Right. So it's like even if they didn't come to the show, they wouldn't forget five guys yeah, coming would, to a place. So they'd eventually just start to know the band name. And they still wouldn't come to the show, but they would <laughs> right. they would they would know who we were. And so that was kind of like done on purpose. Yeah. And so so how did, what was the point, the turning point of view? We were like, wow, this is really you felt like it was really catching on. Was it the first or the second record with the press? I mean, where did it well, start? There's to different kick levels in? with it. I mean, as soon as I joined, I knew I knew even before we had the songs that we had for the first record, it just there was something uh, very I don't know. It was like an explosion within There's the excitement in my in my head. Uh, just all the ideas of just being in a band just existed before anything uh, when I when I uh, joined. So was the the first record was the songwriting process like a collaboration? Was it you had songs? Julian had no, songs? No, no. It was the first two. I had a little thing on the second record, but the first two were just Julian's songs. I mean, we arranged them together in the studio and stuff. Um, and I think we were like figuring out our sound yeah. as we were doing that. Um, for for those of you who don't know, we're gonna go. I want to go play a few tracks. I want to play some of Albert's new stuff um, on Red Bull Records. He's got a new album out that's awesome, and uh, a bunch of videos he's done. And we have so much to talk about about that, but. For those of you who have been living under rock and haven't heard some of the Stroke stuff, I'm going to play a couple of your songs. So I want to play Reptilia because it's one sure. of my favorite Stroke songs ever. Is there a, any story behind that song you can tell us or how did that song come up? It's probably my all-time favorite Stroke song. Um, yeah, it's become a real live gem. Um, I mean, what a good song. I could talk about that song for like an hour. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it it's 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 hard to recall. I mean, the the story I remember the most about it really it's, it's kind of random. Just uh, going to dinner after we had done all the recording of it, and Julian was going to sing some stuff, but it seemed like he wanted some time to experiment. So we all went out to eat, and then coming back and like hearing what he had done was was very exciting. You know, I, I, you don't know what it's going to be like live though yeah. until time goes by. Because is that the opener? Sometimes you guys open with that song. I feel like, um, I feel like I've seen you guys open or close. Something. Well, on the record, I think it's whatever happened that that opens the album. No, live though. I feel like oh. I've seen you guys open with that. I don't song. think we'd open no? with that live. I know it's such a. I don't yeah. know it's like an opener to me. We've it's opened a- with, usually open with, you know, modern age or pretty illegal. Well, we've we done can, that. Yeah, we can get to all those. But anyway, one of my favorite Stroke songs, Reptilia. So let's get to that song. Sure, yeah. And then we'll come back and talk about so much other songs. Switzerland. So ro- many songs. Roller skating <laughs> and fashion. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Lips LA Radio with Albert Hammett Jr. Yo, what's going on? It's Youngwood and you're listening to Scott Lips on Lips LA. We're here with Albert Hammett Jr. and just checking out uh, and talking about Reptilia, one of my favorite Stroke songs. And um, a lot going on for you. You just got off the road, which is really cool. And I know you're going back on the road for a little bit. Um, is it? I mean, it must be so different because you played like every size venue now in the world, right? You play like coliseums and you probably played for 500 people, right? I feel but, we've... Uh, I saw you I've, like driving your van at one point, like which I think is so cool. Like, oh yeah, maybe that's just the way you get between shows and shows. So, um, well, no, we're in a we're in a van. I mean, you're you do what's necessary to do to whatever. survive whatever you want to do. You know, exactly. and so like where where my solo stuff sits, I need to drive sometimes. You definitely, know? and you guys should definitely be checking out Albert's new record. So the new record, let's talk about it for a minute because it's called Francis Trouble. Right? Yes. What is there a meaning behind that, that album title? Um, well, 
it's uh it started as like a way to not um the idea was to not have the baggage of my name and i felt like my name exists as a guitar player in a band and um is this like your pseudo name maybe no it's just like a way it's like a to trick the brain to like see it as something different i felt like i'd be i was a different performer than people thought i was and they see it when they write a review of the live show or they come to the live show but they um don't notice it by just seeing my name so it was that mixed with a true story that happened i was a twin i'd lost a twin and i just thought Mm -hmm. it was uh it was it was a cool like superhero way of of showcasing a part of me and then the idea of a twin so i can be I can be multiple people. I can play guitar in a band and I can also front a band. And I was like comfortable saying that. So that's kind of how it... That's cool. It's so great to see you sing up there. And I will say, because you put out, I think, three or four records now, right? Yes, the fourth one, yeah. And this is, in my opinion, your strongest record. Oh, yeah, by far. And uh, I mean, I don't want to just say that because we're like, it's a new record, but it really is. I've definitely been friends with you for a while and I feel like I've followed your career. And song-wise, I mean... Is there a way that you decide, hey, because I know you're doing, can we talk about that you're doing a new record now with the Strokes or is that like? No, we're not doing, we're not doing a new record. Okay, you're not doing a new record. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, anyway, there's, forget about that. But. um, (laughs) Well, no, it's not. I feel like now now you've made it. Oh, yeah. I thought thought that you were for some reason. No, no, no. Okay. Well, can we talk about how you decide? We will at some point though. Okay. But can you, I mean, in terms of how you decide which songs necessarily would be presented to the Strokes or for your solo stuff, is there a way that you decide, hey, this is definitely my solo vibe or this is songs I want to kind of keep for the band because there's a similar vibe on this record to certain songs. I mean, they definitely have similar elements for some of your other records. I feel like it was veering more experimental and this record, there's definitely some similar type of, you know, musicality to it. I think, um, I, I think far away truce is a great example, like amazing song. I love the video. I love the aesthetic of the video. Um, there's just a similar tonality to me in it, but um, sure. I, I always find, I, I don't think I think what people find similar is that uh, most guitar-driven music doesn't really have riffs, um, and so when you when you have a riff, it automatically just becomes like strokes related. You yeah. know what I mean? Because uh, I've asked Gus, who produced Gus Ober, who produced and engineered this and mixed it, and we had we were thinking about why that happens when people say that. Um, well, I, my take is that the drums can get kind of syncopated, right? Because there's a way in the strokes of drum sound, sometimes a little bit like you have this sort of, there was a sound happening 10, 15 years ago where sort of drummers almost played like a drum machine and it was this loop quality, which I, I can only speak about that because I'm a drummer, yeah. obviously. Oh, that's right, yeah. But, um, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, you guys like mastered that, that sound. I don't know how sure. else to say it. So I feel like that was a really unique thing that took it out from being, just rock to modern, if that makes sense. Sure. And so I feel like there's an element with the drums to this solo record where sure. it reminds me of that. And obviously you're the guitar player, so it's going to have that. But I don't know. Anyway, it's such a great record. Um, I love Set to Attack. So I think I want to play that next because I, I want you to hold the story about what the video is about. There's a skateboarder. I don't know if this has anything to do with how you grew up or anything. But <laughs> no, what was great is I. it was the second video and I was like, oh, I want this video to... To not exist, to be a song that doesn't exist in my age group, you know. So I found this director, and I thought she was awesome, and she was from Ohio, and so she went there and filmed with her friends, kind of like what it was like in high school for her. So it's um, 
So hold that thought, and we're going to come back and talk about the uh, video for Set to Attack. But um, I gave it too soon. Yeah, but we still have we still premature, have <laughs> right? Set to Attack, Albert Howard Jr. This is from the new record, Francis Trouble, and it's on Rebel Records. Check it out, and we'll be back in a moment to talk about the video. This is Lips LA on Dash Radio. All right, we're back, and you're listening to Lips LA Radio live from Dash the Dash Radio Studios with Albert Haven Jr. Not to be mistaken, because I didn't put the junior on my Instagram before. Yeah. So I, I mean, it happens. Talking. It happens know, all all the time. I was talking quick, like I normally <laughs> do. But um, set to attack. There's you did like three videos in this record, which is a lot. I feel like these days bands don't normally do three videos, and there was no. there is some type of lyric video or something out there that I saw. So I'm gonna say there's four videos. For sure, this record. why not? So, um, it's a lot for a record. And how'd you get involved with Red Bull Records? I know it's sort of a new label. They're putting a lot of promotion. Yeah, so I see you guys everywhere. Um. Well, I've been wanting to be on Red Bull Records for a while. Uh, Gus, again, mentioned it. He was like, you know, I think you should be on that record label. Seem like they're they're a perfect fit for you. And on this record, we, uh, someone, a friend of ours, Renee, handed it to Tick, who's the A&R, who then handed it to the head, uh, Greg, Greg Hammer. And they fell in love with it. And we had this amazing dinner. And, you know, they were worried that I didn't, they were like, they were asking me if I wanted to work it and what I saw it. And you know, when I told them my goal is, you know, to be, to play arenas, they got so excited because I think they thought I was just kind of like Fucking putting around, something so, out right. and like I played a show. Cool. If I didn't, right, whatever. Right. And I was like, it's like a hobby if you were, I was like, no, man, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Right. You know, so it was just, uh, we just perfect partnership in, in music and and business i haven't felt like this since uh when the stroke signed rca in 2001 what label were you on before this i don't remember uh, vagrant vagrant okay so that that's way more like in i mean there's definitely a marketing machine behind this record and i feel like they you, just didn't invest in into yeah, it right and so it's kind of like Nothing's going to happen if you don't yeah. invest into it. Definitely. I mean, I want to talk about a little bit. Of, um, I'm going to take it back a little bit because I feel like, and, and if I'm repeating myself, you know, shoot me. But I think image, you know, back when I was growing up was such a big part of a band's career. And now, you know, there's all these bands that to me are almost like faceless, right? I don't want to get into which bands, but you could throw out <laughs> any 10 bands on the alternative sure. rock playlist. And I got no idea what they look like. So <laughs> the strokes for me, like had that image, right? The hat, you guys have that image. Now you have that image with your new band, right? It's a cool image. But that's, uh, that's, your something, that that's something that's like, was a, was thought of. That's not like, a, it's, yeah, not, put, it's not random. Julie and I were roommates and we'd always be like, don't like the vibe of like a guy and like some blurry guys. It's like a, the idea of taking certain elements of pop, which is, you know, people know all the players and they kind of like, you can love the band just because you know, you know, bass player, drummer, guitar player. It's not. And so that just added a dimension that we always wanted. Yeah. Just didn't want to be because when back then it was just very much singer and some guys. Yeah. But so, all the bands, that, I mean, Zeppelin, there was four individual, you know, there, you're, the band sure. that I really love, you know, the Stones, because, sure. and I think you guys brought that on, like you were all your, in your individual own right. I mean, that was the goal. So yeah. the fact, it wasn't like, it can't happen. And we're like, wow, so lucky. That was definitely, our hopes was, was to do that. It was hard, man. Press people did not. They didn't get into it first? No, because they didn't want to have five guys. They were like, it's just easier. Let's just. Talk about shoot the guy. singer and right, right. and not have you guys in there. And it was just like, was, was, there, like, you was know. there a was there a conscious effort because obviously you came out and what I can remember you had like the skinny ties and you had these suits and was there a conscious effort to be like 
we like this look and obviously this is kind of the, the way we see the style of this band going it's got to match music no the- it wasn't it wasn't thought out so much because I, I, I looked the same way i looked when i was like 15 16 i was dressing pretty much how you saw me in photos at yeah. 21 because i wanted to meet other people um and i thought that you know if i looked a certain way i would attract certain people that would help me achieve what i wanted yeah. and how, how did you meet those other guys in the band was it like through an ad or something because i was like no no, no no i moved across the street from where julian was working and i just happened to run into him when i moved to new york i just took a year off to get to i wanted to move to new york take a year off and like get a job and just see what it was like to not be in school i went to a private school in la and it just it felt like everyone you know had this set thing for life that seemed very boring it was just like go to college it's all about money right, <laughs> and it right, just right. seemed like like there was it just seemed like you know you're already dead before you even did anything i yeah. wanted to have an adventure I wanted to go do something yeah what you did um and yeah they had already they'd gone to school june so they were already playing and i just happened to meet him and we kind of just both looked cool and i was like oh what are you doing he's like i play guitar and they were just looking for a guitar player because he didn't want to play guitar right and um yeah and then uh i came in to i guess try out but in his mind i didn't know this he had already it was like set was just because he was like he liked the way you looked or something yeah like basically <laughs> I, I hate to like pigeonhole myself but i will say back in the day when i was in a band back out here we used to take out ads and and i would literally say to guys on the phone hey what do you look like and they'd say i have black hair and tattoos and hair past my shoulder i'm like come on down yeah. if it wasn't the right description unfortunately i would be like nah, it doesn't i don't think it's gonna work yeah, it was it makes a, sense it was all about a vibe then right now i don't even think that's like an option people just come down but um but yeah, so that's interesting to me how you guys actually ended up meeting and all that stuff and the image and all that stuff and and well, the image just is like, you know, you hang out you're 18, you hang out all the time and you know, the way you talk rubs off, you watch the same movies, pop culture becomes, you know, Mr. Show became how we how we spoke and it made like a tight group for us because people wouldn't get our inside jokes and that would like alienate people and that right, keeps right. you tighter. Yeah. Same thing with clothes, you're like, "Oh, that looks cool." And so the person keeps it or you know, it's not like it's such, so many little baby steps. Definitely. But it wasn't super, it wasn't, doesn't sound like it was like premeditated. It was just organic, it sounds like. And no, the way you just want to look cool. cool. Right, yeah. You want to get laid. <laughs> right. You know, you just, you're a young man. You yeah. don't want to like. Uh, yeah. And, and inspiration, I feel like. The you have idols you want to emulate. You know, you want to look like, you see these pictures of these people you like and you're like. I want to be like that. I, like, I feel like I yeah. wore this shirt for you too because I know you I was thinking the Velvet that. Underground. Well, so. we actually were really lucky to. Uh, we did a fo- in early days underneath lit in the basement. We uh-huh. did a photo shoot with Lou Reed where we were supposed to interview him. Oh wow! Sorry, he was supposed to interview us, and we were like, "Well, that's boring," because yeah. I just wanted to hear his stories, and he would just tell stories. Right, it was the coolest interview. I, I, I met him and he was incredibly rude to me. So I think I had a much different. Uh, well, no, <laughs> I met him a different. few times beforehand too. He's just. <laughs> I mean, but. I think he just like didn't. He didn't need. To, he didn't care. Yeah. Well, no, I think he cared. It was just like the pleasantry of like being known and having to say hello or take a photo. He just yeah, was he like, wasn't into that. I'm just living my life. Exactly. Yeah. I think when I met him, he actually didn't even look at me, and I was like introduced <laughs> him and to shake his hand. He kind of looked the other way, which I was like, okay, well. 
I don't know, maybe not that I also got to play on stage with him at the Rolling Stone 1000th anniversary and we played Walk on the Wild Side. Oh, that's amazing. Which yeah. is, that's the album that yeah, it's from. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. So but obviously musically, you and Julian and the rest of the band were into the same thing. So your inspirations were wherever it's been talked about. But it was the Velvet Underground, all these things, right? Got by Voices at the early days were like was like, I think, the biggest change and switch. If, if I was to like pick one now. I know Julian was super influenced by Bob Marley. So I would say... Bob Marley and Guided by Voices were like what created that first record sonically and somewhat rhythmically. I wouldn't have even known that. That's funny. Yeah, well, because people wrote stuff. I remember when they wrote, used to write television. We'd never listen to television. Yeah, I was. I said television, but that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the band that you liked. No, I mean, and we kept uh. on saying these names, but I feel like, you know, it, it goes with the whole, they, you know, Oh, they look like the seventies in New York. That was CBGB's. That was this band. Definitely done package. It's funny because <laughs> I know? feel like there's a bunch of bands, and I don't. I think it's been said before. So I don't think I'm saying anything that anybody doesn't know. But there's a bunch of bands to me, like Kings of Leon, that sort of you know you inspired musically. Because when I first heard them, I was like, this sounds like the Strokes from the South or something. And they said that, but I was just I thought they that. were like a. They just sounded like a, a cool band and looked cool. I didn't really. I never put it towards us. Like for instance, people are unaware like. Is this it? The getting the drum sound when we were telling Gordon was trying to copy Double Fantasy, right? Watching the wheels go around. So I just think it's so funny at that age. People are thinking we're doing this, and it's the exact opposite. Or how the guitar comes in a modern age is a very sonically, it's a very guided by voices thing. Yeah, it's really. I'm going to go really, back really and check is. out that record. I mean, there's so many great songs on that record that I can talk about for hours. But I want to talk about the new record. Back sure. to the new record for a minute. So you but you did a bunch of videos. You did three videos. Um, and I think Far Away Truce is one of my favorite songs on the record, and I love the video. So is there a story behind you? You have these yeah. cool lights going on in the video. And yeah, there was actually, we did it at the YouTube space, which is awesome. Yeah. We got to use that. My wife directed it. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that. Um, Shout out to Justine. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Who I've known for, you know, five, yeah. ten years. Yeah, she's awesome. She's she's a, she's a force to be reckoned yeah. with. She comes on tour, does lights. Books, hotels, helps, helps out a lot. She's um, part of the band. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah. No, she is. For sure. Yeah. Type part of the group. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Tobias, um, who's, you know, very famous lighting designer, has done a lot of stuff. He helped do the final thing because I wanted shadows and stuff like that. And then he helped create a vibe that was similar to the album cover with like multiple images. Cool. Yeah, and very I, cool. I knew the first one was like more of like an acting thing. The second one was not me involved. And so I knew the third one needed to be performance Definitely. by me. So that's kind of how it started. And I want to say as my friend, shout out to you for working your ass off all the time. Cause it's, it's like one of these things, man, you work so hard and it pays off and the music pays off and you've done well. And, and you know, it's such a simple thing. People ask me these days, like aspirationally, like, what do you do to succeed? How do you make it's like just fucking work hard, you know? It's like it keep really working. Can, keep working, but there's a lot of lazy people out there. So um so I want to play Far Away Truths, one of my favorite songs from the new record, Francis Trouble. We're with Albert Hammett Jr. We'll be right back and you'll hear ten things that you don't know about Albert. <laughs> Stay tuned. This is Lips LA on Dash Radio. So we're back. You listen to Lips LA Radio and shout out to uh DJ Midas Touch. Thank you for uh, always producing the greatest shows there. Kendrick, thank you. So we're back, and I want to say 10 things that you don't know about Albert Hammond Jr., so we're going to go quickly here. And 10 I wanna, things that I might not even know. I don't think anyone knows, but uh, your first concert you ever went to. Uh, oh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Oingo Boingo at the Universal Amphitheater that they've now closed down to have Harry Potter. I love that. And the first song that you ever blasted in your car, or the first, your favorite song to blast in the car. 
I think my first song might have been Careless Whispers. Okay. my mom loved it, and so I just... Cranked it up. Yeah, I love that song. Who's an artist that we'd be surprised that you listen to? Oh, uh, I don't... Uh, Beethoven? All right. What's your favorite word of all time? My favorite word? Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't okay. know if I have a favorite word. What's your current obsession? Uh, riding motorcycles on track. What what scares you the most? Being stuck in the middle of the ocean. Uh, what TV show are you binge watching? I just started, uh, I think it's called Maniac. But uh, the, my favorite TV show of, reach, of recent times, you have to see it. I'm even telling you as a friend. Okay. called Patriot on Amazon. Oh, I'll check it out. It is, I would say, the best show I've ever seen in a long time. Amazing. And tell us, uh, what's something that people would be surprised that, that they don't know about you. Oh. <laughs> um, God. I mean, I feel like you've said so much already early on that they wouldn't know. What would they be surprised at? Um, well, let's skip that one. What's your favorite thing to eat? Japanese food. Cool. All right. Well, guys, check out the new record, Francis Trouble, Albert Hammond Jr. Uh, good friend, great guy from one of the most iconic bands ever, The Strokes, out of New York. And um, an amazing record. It's out now. Check it out. Download it. Spotify. He's on tour. He'll be playing. Uh, yes. It's got like eight dates coming up. I think this rest of the year. Yeah. End of, I did my research, end of, bro. End yeah. of October, end of December, and beginning of, end of October, end of November, beginning of December. You, I'll be playing shows. You got a lot of dates. America, eight dates so, coming yeah. up. Cool. So go check him out live. He's a force to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have some new music He's from Scott. the Strokes coming up. Yeah, cool. Thanks for coming by, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, too. Awesome. Well, hey there. Hey, Dennis Quaid is here. That's right. And guess what? I have a podcast. It's called The Denissance, and I think you should listen. I'm having some really cool conversations with some really interesting people like music legend Billy Ray Cyrus, housewife Beverly Hills, Garcelle Bouvet, and many, many more. Listen to The Denissance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. Just results. Mr. Jackson, you are the father. <laughs> Live it, own it, be it. You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's Paternity Court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. y'all i'm uncle drank star of the ballad of uncle drank it is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts 